Hello and welcome to the White Deer Filmmaking Podcast. Hello. I am Adam. I am Mark. Oh, okay. Go on, you can can do it. I'm joined by Mark. Yeah. Hello. Simple as that, really. (laughs) We're trying our hardest (sighs) to be competent. Uh, Trying. Hello, everybody. Hello. uh, uh, (laughs) Uh, Okay, yeah. (laughs) This has gone well. Um, Well, today uh, we're talking about the film Within. Mm -hmm. And it was such an interesting chat that I barely spoke during it. I think I said like two things. I was just I, I was just concentrating in on the conversation. I forgot to ask anything. Oh, okay. Um so I liked it. <laughs> uh although has no interest of you to your audience but uh, you did have a, a quite a long chat with uh, Christopher Key who um, was the director of the film um, yeah, about your after joint recording, yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you will you'll, will not hear that at all um, but no but, but uh, me fact. and Christopher went to the same university mm-hmm. just on two different campuses Um and had no interaction with each other, and and at two separate times. Yeah, so it would have been difficult to be friends there. I think, mm. given different timelines, but it was um, an interesting thing to find out, and it uh, it bonded you as men. Yep, we spoke a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah, yeah, I just I just was fascinated by uh, by the director actor chat that we were having and mm-hmm. um i th- i thought this film in particular came from such uh, an honest place i think um it really struck me just just um the honesty and uh like both of them uh wearing their hearts on their sleeves i think whilst um whilst having this conversation we were learning that that's what they were doing whilst they're on set and and really um really just allowing a lot um to go into the film and and making something that really connected with us and connected also with um with our guest judges uh, for the annual event as well and um yeah i i uh as with all of the, these episodes would thoroughly recommend it but um it uh but it made me forget to speak so mm. if that's some kind of um encouraging factor I, I hope that people will be encouraged by that fact oh yeah maybe the uh, listeners will also forget to speak during the yeah that doesn't matter as much i don't think if the listener doesn't speak whilst listening um i mean i I mean it was somewhat my job to ask questions but we coped we got by we did with you and al asking questions well it was more geared towards us two in terms of what we could ask um there's a fair bit you may as well just listen um but there's a fair bit going into detail about finding a character for example and how to how you know the actor director relationship um which we've covered in at different times but as we've always said uh there are so many different ways of doing this and there's no right way um 
and it's a beautiful result with the film so just genuinely a very humble conversation we really like the guys um and we hope that you will too um so enjoy it's a really nice one well, uh, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Um, it is our uh, a sincere pleasure to have you both uh, with us. Um, and uh, thank you for taking the time to come and chat with us. Um, we are here to talk about uh, the film, but also just you as as filmmakers and as an actor as, as well. Um, but would you mind just introducing yourselves and could you give us a bit of context about um, the film um that you entered into the festival and just for people to, to have a bit of an awareness so if they haven't seen it then they know exactly what is um, it's we're talking about basically um, sure so my name's Chris uh, Christopher Key I'm director of Within um, it's a seven minute short film uh, a bittersweet drama um which stars Neil Hobbs as the lead actor, <laughs> which is also here. Um, and yeah, it was a, a tight project that we uh, we shot in like a day. And um, to my absolute surprise, it's gone on to do uh, much better than I, I thought it would have would have done. <laughs> and I'm sure Neil feels the same as well. Um, no, he doesn't. He's nodding his head. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pass it over to Neil because I'm, I'm not sure what to, how to describe the film. It's quite a, it's quite a, a tragic film, really. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so um, I'm Neil Hobbs. I played um, the character Michael, who was a father, um, living a, a fairly tragic life because of the loss of his daughter, um, but then sort of gained some salvation by um, allowing his daughter's heart to be transplanted into um, um, another person. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what that seven minutes is about. Yeah. And Michael being interviewed through to um, actually meeting the person that now holds his daughter's heart. Mm. I mean, it's, uh, it is a short film, but it is absolutely filled with emotion um and i rewatched it today uh to prepare for this and it had me in tears the first time and it had me in tears the second time um and i, I think simply because within in that runtime there's so much going on and it uh, it's just uh, as you say bittersweet um i'd love to know kind of how the concept came for it uh, and where it was developed was it was it written um exactly as you know for a, for a purpose or something or was it just written for uh because it you know it's a story that wanted to be told um so the very beginning of this project was actually from my workplace um they were holding an internal film festival uh whereby all the employees could sign up and then make make a short film which would then be shown inside the building at a later date um kind of similar to like a 48 hour film festival mm-hmm. um and it we had we had like a brief and it was basically it couldn't be any longer than five minutes and it had to 
work around the word match. So that was like the theme of the film, match. And they gave a few examples. They were like, um, you know, like a, a matchstick or two couples becoming a match. Um, and so I didn't want to use any of the examples that they used. I kind of wanted to try and find something uh, different to that. Um, and I think it was in the newspaper. There's all these stories about um, people who were meeting recipients of, of organ donors. Um, and I thought that was like a really interesting thing to take a look at. So in terms of the story, I have no personal relation to organ donation or any, I don't know anyone who, who's had it. Um, but there were some videos on the internet of just, I think there was a big story about some someone who went to someone's wedding and like the, the bride, it was like her brother's heart and some, and some other guy who attended or something like that. I thought that was just really sweet. So um, we kind of went down that route. Um, and we began, I began kind of writing it. Um, but I tried to keep it as simple as possible because this was in like June or July and we had to have the project finished by September. So I tried to keep it as simple as possible. And I used, and, and as part of my previous job, I used to do a lot of interviews interviewing people on camera so I thought okay well we'll have an interview in there because we know how to do those um and on my walk home from the train station I walked past this big lake and I thought this is a really nice area to shoot um so let's let's try and get a scene there and then um just mix them together so I began writing it it wasn't a hard script it wasn't like I wrote every word as to what the actor would be saying what I did was I wrote a backstory. So I wrote, uh, you know, father goes on holiday, um, takes daughter out to the beach. Um, the wife stays back at the hotel. So I wrote a backstory. So I felt it was, it was such a, a deep and personal story. You kind of need, you can't write that. You need to like improvise that. And I thought that if we found an actor who'd be able to kind of just come up with a story around this background, then that'd be much better because they get more freedom as well as to how they kind of act it out. Um, and then, yeah, the lake scene was very simply shot that I kind of went down. I went down to locations like many, many times taking photos because obviously there's there's like fishing and if, if someone was sit, sitting on that bench when we were going to shoot, we couldn't like kick them off. So <laughs> I had to come up with like contingency places all around. Um, but luckily there was no one there that, that, that morning. So we were able to, we were able to grab it. Um, and then, yeah, we shot it like a week before the deadline, the weekend, we shot it in one day. Uh, and then I had to edit it throughout that following week. And then I submitted it into this internal film festival that we were doing. Um, never heard anything from it. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. But it was then that we started showing friends, family, showing it around. And they were like, this is actually, uh, this is pretty good. Mm. And um, so we decided, okay, well, I'm going to go in, I'm going to extend the edit. I'm not going to stick to this five minute deadline. 
And I went in, I changed a few of the takes um, and then decided that it might, it would be worth to um, get it graded and sound mixed and then just throw it into the festivals and see, see what happens. Cause we, we didn't really, we never went into this thinking we're going to send this to every festival and it's going to be great. We, it was more of an experiment really. It was, it was me, uh, my friend George and my friend Camillo. Like George is all into cameras. Uh, Camillo is like a producer and I'm like an editor. And it was just like, we're all in jobs where we weren't very creative. So we just thought, took this as an opportunity to make something to see if we could actually work together without fighting and um, come up with something that we just enjoyed making. Basically, I, I just wanted something to edit. So I just had to make something <laughs> in order to edit it. So that, that's the, the kind of story of how it came about. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, so, um, um, yeah. I'd be interested then, Neil, from your point of view, uh, how did you sort of bring the character to life? You know, all the steps you took to kind of um, get into that character role for, you know, a very deep, deep story. Yeah, I think because I, so I self-taped that, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. So I kind of, I, um, as, as Chris said, I, I had a bit of a backstory, but then what was really lovely is I, I, I was, I, I just had that that freedom to, to, to narrate, um, this tragic story. So it kind of changed a few times. I'm not sure that the version that we we filmed was was the same as, as the self tape version but it was it was kind of along similar lines i guess um so i i kind of come from a a, a method and, and and meisner background so mm. i i kind of either imaginary circumstances or personal experience um i i kind of drew on that unfortunately both my daughters are are, are alive and, and, and healthy. Um, kind of came from imaginary circumstances, which, as a dad, is a really easy thing to do, um, and you can make those imaginary circumstances as happy or as painful as, as as you want to. So I kind of used, yeah, used one of those imaginary circumstances, and, and then told this 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 fantasy story, really. Um, and, and tried to make it some some personal touches in there from my own experiences with my own children um, and then just those imaginary circumstances of yeah how that would be um, and Bruce gave me the freedom to to kind of run with that um, take after take we, we kind of tweaked it a little bit um, but yeah it, it was lovely because I, I like to improvise mm-hmm. um, because you can just be as creative as you want. And if you've got a director that's going to allow you to do that, um, it's from an actor's perspective, it's, 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 it's lovely because you don't have the, you know, the constraints of that script. Um, mm. and, and I've done projects where the writer's been involved as well. And deviating from script is, it's, it's kind of like it's personal insult to the writer. So sometimes <laughs> be really constrained. Um, but we didn't have that on this project, which was, which was really lovely. Yeah. Mm. You're quite a fan of that, um, aren't you, Al? Uh, it's one of your main processes as a director, just oh, yeah. allowing the actors to just 
experiment and bring it bring their own yeah exactly it's, uh, um, i think it, it, it definitely brings out um uh, a the collaborative point of view is really enhanced whenever you do yeah. take that approach um and i think it sometimes um uh, as a writer or a director you can sometimes um miss certain things that the actors can bring to the table and the, the kind of the improvisation process um Every time I've tried it, has has always given the best results. It's really, it's really good. And 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 didn't actually know that this uh, that was the way uh, you'd done it, Chris. Was it was uh, sort of creating uh, the backstory first, and then allowed Neil to um, to sort of do it his his way. Um, I think that's uh, that really speaks volumes about the film. It really does. Mm. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just a big believer that you know actors they they get trained um they've watched plenty of films you know they i feel like if you give them a script you're restricting their abilities mm -hmm. so you know they're they're trained to improvise and they want to they want to like express themselves as well um and i thought particularly for this project it, it would be better if if we just give him a backstory and he just says it however however he feels fit i mean we we went through different takes. We changed the the mood, so we did one which was like quite angry, mm -hmm. um, one where he was sad, which is the one that we kind of used. The one where he was frustrated. So we kind of did takes uh, with different emotions. Um, and as as Neil said, yeah, it was the self tape. That um, I mean, I, I haven't made a short film in, I mean, since since uni, like ten years ago, whatever. Um, I didn't really know what self-tape was. Uh, and Neil said, I'll send you a self-tape. I was like, I don't, know, I don't know what that is, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take a watch. Um, and yeah, it was... Um, what, what made it stand out for Neil was that it was the tiny details that he put into the story. So yeah, I said, right, would they walk down the street and then, and then they have to cross a road to get to the beach. But then it was the finer details that Neil input about... Um, holding the the bucket and spade and and having a mm. and the, yeah the little finger um story um and just all those kind of connections that you would only get from being uh, a father yourself um so he he kind of put these personal traits inside the story which really made it stand out much more than just i was walking down the street my door I let go of my hands kind of thing um and uh, yeah, it was kind of from that self tape that we realised that Neil was was the was the one that we wanted really. And uh, yeah. luckily he accepted. <laughs> did you um Brilliant. did you tweet it well, did you write the story in a way to to make it so that you had something uh, good to play around with in the edit or or do you think the edit knowing that you wanted something to edit, do you think you let that um change or affect the story at all or w when you were writing was it was it just writing the best story that it could be um i think because originally the script was the entire interview scene from start to finish and then it was the lake scene from start to finish um and that's how the film was playing out in my head and that's how we kind of shot it but then when we realized that we we did this interview scene mostly all on one camera um we we decided that watching someone talk 
for that length and that time might kind of lose audience's interest. So that's when um, the real fun came in because then it was like, why don't we mix up, mix them all up? So have it cut back and forth. Um, and for for editing, that was really fun actually because you because what I've quickly realised is that you're playing around with people's perception of the film. People don't know what's what's going on when we first go to the lake scene and see a girl walking up to him. Like the responses I had was like people thought that that was his daughter. Um, another one I had was that he was actually dead and that they're being reunited with the daughter. Um, and it was just it was just really uh, cool to hear people were kind of reading the film in their own way. And that's because of the editing, because if it was just the interview and then the lake, people would know what was going on. Um, and that was one of the main reasons why I, I was happy with, with that happening. Um, and originally we didn't have the interviewer speaking in the background. Um, and people didn't understand the ending uh, that way. So I really wanted, I was happy for people to not know what was going on. But by the end, I wanted them to know exactly what was happening. So um, we did some ADR and got, got the interviewer in. Um, another thing about the editing was originally um, we were going to have like the camera being set up and like the boom pole being in shot and the interviewer kind of just calming Michael down. So it would start up and you'd know it's an interview, but but because uh, Neil's acting was just just beyond anything that we could have thought of, we thought let's, let's open this as if it's a genuine documentary and try and fool people to thinking that this is real. But then when we cut to the lake, uh, people just kind of don't know exactly what's going on anymore. And then when we come back, we've got the other camera angle, which then hopefully people realise that this is actually a drama and it is fictional. Um, mm. um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was great fun to edit just because you can play around with how people people watch it and writing it. Um, I was happy for, for Neil to kind of say whatever he wanted. It wasn't a case of like, okay, you said this and then you said this and then you said this, so make sure you say it again. Yeah. Uh, when we do the next take uh, it was kind of just freedom really and uh, I just played around with it in the edit yeah. how about the uh, the visual look of the film um, what kind of conversations did you have uh, was it with George the DP? George yeah so um, me and him it was actually me and him who worked together for like we worked together for like seven years and we'd do the interviews together like he'd always set up the camera and then i'd always do the editing afterwards so in terms of like interview uh, we knew exactly kind of what we were looking for because uh, he has like lighting experience and stuff um but in terms of the lake which is much more kind of um has a lot more camera setups um yeah i went down with my my digital camera i took photos and photos um and I kind of explained to him that I want it to be, uh, I just wanted to make it look uh, beautiful, really. I just wanted the lake, the trees, the sky, the grass. I just wanted it to um, 
to be symmetrical as well. Um, and then I just wanted to keep it very simple. wasn't looking for uh, complicated angles. Um, and he luckily he brought a couple of lenses, so we were able to do um, get that really nice close up of the of the scope going onto her chest. Mm. Um, and that actually that was one thing that yeah after after all the effort you put into films, you still forget stuff. And I forgot that she would have uh, actually have a scar on her chest. And it wasn't until after we were shooting it was like, well, she doesn't have a scar on her chest. Um, so we had to do that with VFX. So that was quite stressful. Just the amount of stuff that's going on in your head and you just forget mm. one thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it looks really nice. We actually cheated it. So they're standing up beside the bench. Um, and then for the close-ups, we actually went down the bank to the water's edge because I wanted the water to be in the background when when it's on the close-ups of their faces. Um, and you wouldn't have got that if they were standing up at the bench. So hopefully no one knows that it's cheated. Um, Can't tell. I mean, no, no, not at all. Um, and I thought that, yeah, I just thought that really wanted the kind of nature aspect in, in the film. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, certainly comes across. Um, I j just uh, kind of sort of on that, but in relation to your acting, Neil, I think you've touched on it briefly before about kind of your method and the way that you do things um did uh, uh for, for anyone that, that doesn't necessarily know or um even if you do um it's it's always interesting to highlight the fact that actors work in very different ways um we've worked with an actor who is very method and is not necessarily on character on set but he is he's in his own zone always and um, he will be by himself getting him into the zone and, and things like that. That's extremely different to the way I work, for example. Um, and I don't know how you work necessarily, um, but did you find that, um, like, were there any uh, challenges to the way that uh, this particular film uh, brought to, to, to your method or to the way that you do things? Um, or was that freedom extremely uh, beneficial to it and allowed it to flourish as best as it possibly could? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, it really depends on the project and, and the other actors that you're working with. I mean, clearly on this one, it was apart from the machine coming in to, to do the, the stethoscopes part, it was, it was pretty much me on my own. Um, mm. Well, what Chris probably doesn't know, actually, um, I don't think I'm holding this. Um, on the, on the day of that shoot, I had a roaring hangover. <laughs> Absolutely steaming. Um, and, uh, and I had very little sleep the night before. I, I'd, I'd kind of gone to a bit of a, a reunion. Um, maybe that helped. Yeah, yeah maybe it did. Um, and went with all the intentions of, of kind of, you know, having a fairly, a fairly easy um Late back night, and as it turned out, that that wasn't the case. Um, but you know, just as I, I guess in any profession, you you make those choices, but you turn up to work on time, and you you know you you be you're professional, and, and you bring whatever you've got. So I, maybe it did, Chris. Actually, maybe it made made me up my game a little bit, uh, and I'm and I'm glad that it did. Um, in terms of 
how I got to that level of emotion. Again, it, it's I kind of knew from what I'd taken on the self-take to what I had to take um, in the room. It's quite difficult when you're not working off or working with anyone else to mm. oh, yeah. or, or to kind of take take those words and, and, and be affected by them. So I had to use, I, I had to allow myself to be affected by what I was saying and really take, really embellish and believe that story and, and, mm. and kind of own it. Um, and I wasn't sure, if I'm perfectly honest, how or whether I was going to get to that level of emotion. Um, but as, you know, I felt safe. I, it was a safe space. Um, it's a really good crew. Um, Chris was happy to give me that autonomy and just let me go with it. So mm. there was no real pressure there. And then once I was allowed to just embellish that story, then stuff started to work internally. And it, and it, and it was lovely because when you get that sort of stuff going, you know, it, some days it's it, it's it's just working, and you think, "Wow, mm. this is this is great." And 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 the more you appreciate that, and the more you, the more bravery that you have with that, you're rewarded with more and more, and it, it, it becomes. And then you can kind of fine tune it. You can play around with it. You can hold it back. You can you can you can let it go. And then you know. And don't get me wrong. This doesn't happen every time I'm on set. But just this one time. I was in a place where I could, yeah, I could really play with that instrument and it, and it was lovely. Yeah, really good. Mm. Yeah, uh, really shows. Um, I I can only relate to a similar thing that we've done where it was complete improvisation throughout the entire piece. Um, I just start, hit record and something happens and you just run with it. Um, it was nowhere near the levels of emotion that you uh, brought to it. Um and I just can't, I, I, again, I'd just like to reiterate to anyone that d doesn't work in that way or in that field that it, it sometimes it just isn't coming. It's just not happening. And it's so, um, it's so important that the surroundings that you have are there in order for you to find it in whatever way is best for you to find it um and it's 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 very much a challenge and there's a reason why you hear about a lot of creatives and performers going into deep emotional um dangerous levels is because the the search to find that the accurate emotion is is quite a challenge and it does require a lot from you especially if you're drawing from uh, imagined experiences uh yeah. it, it's not easy um but when you do get it, it, it's some of the most raw, authentic, uh, beautiful performances that you can you can see. Um, and of course, congratulations on the award uh, that you won from us. Um, it, it stood out entirely. Um, so, congratulations! Yeah, thank really you. Good I job. think you know we've all we've all watched people cry on the screen. Um, you either believe it or you don't, and it, it doesn't matter where that. The emotion is coming from whether it's imagined or whether it's a real life experience but if it's real and it's truthful then we believe mm. we get caught up in it and, and, it, and it affects us um where it becomes difficult is when you know that it's not authentic you can still see mm. people crying but you think that's not really coming from anywhere so it's not affecting mm. me um i think the hard but the, the hardest direction was 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 right at the end so we'd, we'd kind of done the main stuff 
and we were doing the, the, the stethoscope part and, and Chris said, if you can, if you can just like, manage to squeeze like one tear and just let it fall on your cheek, that would be just, uh-huh. just phenomenal. And it, I don't know whether I said it externally, actually, but I certainly thought it internally. I thought, you're taking the piss now, man. <laughs> giving you so much, and now you want this. And you know what? I, it was just one of those days that it, it just everything happened so well. And we did that, yeah. and that tear fell. And then we, we, we cut it, and I just looked at Chris and went, all right. He's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I said it, but I wasn't expecting it. Um, and then I think I remember when I was looking on the monitor and I saw the tear come out. Uh, that was a moment I couldn't actually believe. I think that was the moment when it realised, wow, this is this could actually be a, a proper little film, and I can't believe that he's actually just done that. And I remember right. the camera. I remember the cameraman uh, George when he when he hit um, record. He just he was blown away. Uh, I, I, I won't say exactly what he said, but um, I think we were all very shocked because that little tear just kind of just it just popped out and then just kind of made the finale of the film. Yeah, it made it perfect. Mm. If, if I do nothing else the rest of my career, that's <laughs> that's the moment for me. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, I'm no stranger to the occasional older soil technique, um, <laughs> which. <laughs> for very similar uh, shots where it's kind of you need that one particular moment of um, well tears basically and absolutely it's difficult so I commend you on that it's that's a, that's a moment to live in the memories for sure mm. um, so I would just uh, obviously we have the film as it is um, what what's What's kind of the the plan going forward? I'm sure we will bring it back to within, but I'm really curious to hear like kind of um, like this was a surprise for you, Chris, um, but perhaps for Neil, for yourself as well, about kind of how far this has gone and how how it has reached people. And uh, is there kind of a plan with the film, or is there a plan to continue making shorts? Um, obviously, and Neil, I'm, I I'm pretty sure you are a working actor and that's your full-time um uh, profession but chris i think you've you've kind of you said you haven't made one for 10 years um what's the plan now is it is it something that you want to continue doing um so yeah like the last short film i made was at uni in like 2009 or something um and this this was a case of just like wanting to make a We've always wanted to make a short film together, uh, me, George, and Cam, like because because George has the equipment, he has a camera himself, and he has uh, like a small basic lighting kit himself, um, and I have kind of the computer and everything to do the editing. So we have the equipment to make a short film, but we just never did it. And I think this opportunity from this internal film festival made us kind of do it, um, and it was great fun to make, and it turned out. Uh, really well um so i mean yeah of course i want to make another one at the at the time though i was working full time so you know it, it's hard to to do your own creative projects when you're you know out of the house for 12 hours a day um i have actually written another script i kind of wrote it on the on the commute into 
and out of work. Um, and I'm just talking with Camilla at the moment about ways to um, to get it funded. Uh, mm. I mean, I've watched your previous um, podcast about BFI funding and all that kind of stuff, mm. which has been helpful to know. Um, but then since, I mean, since lockdown, I've been able to kind of do a lot of paperwork and get on with it. Um, but yeah, the plan is, I, I do want to make another short, but I just I want to see how it goes. Um, and I guess for the future, I just want to, yeah, do more, do more creative kind of work, not necessarily making my own shorts, but particularly maybe editing mm. kind of shorts and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I got a few ideas, um, that I would like to try and make again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just difficult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It takes time. It takes yeah. time, resources. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Because within was, there's obviously no budget on with, on within. Um, and Neil was kind enough to travel all the way up to where we were shooting and Roisin, she came up from London. Um, that was quite a panic as well, actually, because we, uh, we didn't actually have Regine on board until just a few days before shooting. Um, I was going, I was, I was contacting family members looking for a backup uh, in case we couldn't actually get an actress to come up. Uh, and at one point we were going to have uh, my wife's sister. And luckily Roisin, uh, we found Roisin and she came up. Um, but I really didn't want to um, put a non-actor in front of Neil. I wanted Neil to be able to uh, kind of play off another actor. Because mm. um, that was one whole thing about the uh, the lake scene was that there's no dialogue. Uh, and I remember when I wrote it, and I was kind of sharing it with people. They were like, why don't they talk to each other next to the, next to the lake? You would at least say hello or something, wouldn't you? Um, and I was just adamant that, no, I don't want any dialogue. I want it all through facial and, and body language. Um, that, for me, is something that I find really interesting about uh, storytelling, is that you can tell stories just through body language. Uh, and that's what I wanted to do for the entire lake scene. So they never talk to each other, but you can see in their eyes the way they move their heads the way that he breathes, that he's nervous and that mm. she is trying to calm him down kind of thing. Um, I've gone way off topic now. Um, <laughs> yes, all, I do. I want to make more short films, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and, and for you, Neil, um, is like, what's, what's kind of your... Uh, do you have a goal uh, for for your acting? Um, do you just do you take it project by project? Um, as I know, a lot of actors tend to and and simply just if this seems right for me, then yeah, I'm all in. Uh, let's let's go for it. Yeah, um, it's it's funny because the kind of the, the the longer you, you do, and I'm only seven years in, so um, right. I'm, I'm relatively new to the business, really. Um, in in terms of kind of doing professional acting, um, so yeah, I'm I'm still a baby, and in terms of you know a product, 
um, for the unknown. So, mm. um, yeah, project, project pretty much and, and, and very much. Um, and enjoy being cast in, 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 in different roles. Um, mm. I mean, this, this is it. So there's only so much you can do in terms of um, what I'm going to be cast. I tend to get cast as, as dads or villains, uh, police officers, that, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Which, which I enjoy and, you know, that's if, if, if the cap fits. So I'm, I'm a little, am I more, am I more cheap? No, I don't think I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm quite happy to do anything. Um, if it gets me in a theatre or in front of a camera, then, then I'm acting and that's, that's all I want to do. Um, and I've, over the years, I, I've kind of, you know, you'll relate to, to this, Mark, that you, you, you get involved in a project and you think, oh, no, this is a stinker. Um, but that's the way of the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you kind of, you're professional and, and, and you, you, you do your best work and then you walk away and go, okay, yeah. so, you know, what have I learned from that? What are the positives? Exactly, yeah. It's always yeah. a learning experience, regardless yeah. of whether it... Uh, whether it's, as you say, a stinker or not. Um, hmm. What did you do before, um, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so I still, I, I, I run a, a training company. Um, ah, okay. If I, was, if I was relying on purely acting, um, I would have two very hungry children. <laughs> yeah. And an unhappy yeah, wife, I would guess. Okay, um, yeah. So that kind yeah. of, that, that pays, pays for the mortgage. Um, so over, over the years, I've done, done various things. Um, so for the last eighteen years, I've I've been doing that. Um, so doing before that, um, I, I I ran some expeditions. Um, so I was an expedition guide. Took me to different places around the world. Trek. Mm. Um, I, I like mountains. I like being in the mountains. Mm. Um, I was a soldier for a few years. Um, I was a physical education instructor uh, working in prisons. So yeah, and it's funny because mm. you kind of look back, and there's 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 a wealth of experience that you can kind of yeah. um, and, and and draw on actually. So yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite good. Yeah, I'm just going to say, it must be that you you literally can just draw experiences from that. Um, I don't think it's as simple as has it helped you in your acting. It's just well, yeah, because acting is literally just about replicating life in the most authentic ways possible so so yeah um great that's really cool that's really cool um yeah well i'm really excited to see what uh you guys come up with next um and um yeah it's uh it's just really nice to see i i suppose with you two both where you are at with your um respective uh, specialisms in the in the filmmaking just kind of um if you consider yourself a baby still neil uh, and chris you haven't done a short for a while and then within was obviously the first one kind of to see those um the early stages of something really explored really really organically and well and nice and it just seems like the two different um, the two different specialisms just came together and and worked for this one, like you say. Um, so, and, yeah, great and, that's, step all and that's just what happens sometimes, isn't it? It's yeah. an opportunity yeah. 
that, that, that could have been missed. You could have gone through one door instead of the other. Yeah. Maybe not have sent that yeah. to people. Chris had chosen somebody else. It's, mm. it's nice when that collaboration comes together and, 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 and something works. It's, you know, mm. it's, yeah, it's lovely. So I feel fortunate, actually. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Um, well, I, I don't know if you, uh, Alistair and Adam, had any uh, further questions. I know we are running out of time a little bit in regards to kind of keeping it to where we were going to go with. Um, but kind of, uh, uh, how can people follow you if you know you feel like you're at a stage where that is kind of a thing at all? Um, social media or anything like that. Uh, if you are thinking of doing some more films, Chris, um, or if you do kind of want to promote anything of yours. Uh, how can people get uh, that information or what is the, the, the way to do that? Um, I don't think any of that exists. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, don't ha- I don't have Twitter. I don't have Instagram. Um, it's an easier life, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've been working on my own kind of website, uh, which isn't live yet. But um, yeah, through lockdown, I've been kind of getting all my work together to be able to kind of start promoting myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not ready yet. So um, <laughs> uh, I, I actually made a, a website for the short film, mm-hmm. which I've now taken down. So that's useless. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I went, I went yeah. looking for that. I did go looking for that. It's gone. Yeah. It's been two years. I took it down. Um, and I was kind of migrating it into my own website. So mm-hmm. it'll be, it'll be back up soon, but not yet. Yeah. <laughs> well we can promote it where once you uh, have published it for you thank you thank you we'll do what we can anyway <laughs> what about yourself neil uh, i'm i'm pretty much on all of them um mm. so yeah neil hobbs instagram um slightly different uh i think instagram i've got, I've got a beardy picture which i think when i self-taped i had a yes. beard i turned up for the shoot chris was like beard. yeah <laughs> So disappointed. Went, um, yeah, it's like you had a beard. I'm like, I know, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Facebook, Twitter, um, all the all the kind of the, the socials. Uh, I'm just about to launch Neil Hobbs Actor website, but it's not long. Oh. It'll be for another week. So brilliant. Well, congratulations. Hope that all uh, goes well for you. Yeah, thanks. It should. Yeah. It, if it's going to be done in the next week or so, then uh, it should be done before this is out. So. You can just say it's okay. it's out. <laughs> it's out. It's Actually, live now. If you listen to this, it's live. <laughs> uh, um, well, and Chris as well. If, if you get yep. yours done in the next uh, couple of weeks, <laughs> yes, yeah. bit of a target for you. I mean, it's probably some motivation that I actually need. So yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, well, if uh, if that has happened, um, everyone can find it in the description uh, for this uh, particular episode. So you'll be able to find out if the motivation worked for Chris there. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, that was really interesting <laughs> did you like that one Mark <laughs> um, you're doing my catchphrase I now am. well it's such a good one I'm jealous uh, no, it was actually I mean really you, interesting you can't argue with the facts of my catchphrase no it's, I, I it's, always it's said always to you correct. before starting uh, th- this whole thing uh, this whole podcast thing mm. um, that if I'm going to have a catchphrase it's going to be factually correct yes well, it is. And you can't argue. I'm not arguing. I've not 
argued it in the slightest. It's my, you that thinks it's sarcastic. Yeah, my accidental sarcasm <laughs> argues it. Or maybe truthful sarcasm. Maybe that's the factual correctness. Uh, well, I'm. I do find them interesting. Well, so does do that I. sound sarcastic as well? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should be banned from saying interesting. Yeah, that was exhilarating. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, it, it in a way, yes. Um, but also extremely honest, like you said in the intro, Adam. Um, raw as well and unexpected. Like both guys, very much. I think they actually said to each other, um, they didn't expect to kind of get this far. Um, whether that was in the actual discussion, I can't fully remember um, whether it was before, but they were, I think, just a bit stunned that this is their film has made an impression on people. And it has, obviously, they um, didn't mention this before, uh, but Neil actually won Best Actor uh, for his uh, performance, and we will congratulate him thoroughly and we 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 did uh when we were talking to them and um we want to announce that and hopefully that um makes neil feel good about his performance but there is something to be said about the director's part in uh, getting a good performance out of an actor um their techniques and allowing them to explore um but but I- it's just one of those kind of situations where they've obviously just gone and made a film oh, yeah. and made it honestly yeah and it's connected they are they i mean they were saying it in the conversation that it, it didn't come from a point of view of trying to make uh something mm. a, as big or a, as uh major as what it's ended up well i, I don't know the words uh it it I don't know what exact words to to say, but I don't think they they imagined it would be what it's turned out to be. They were just trying to make something, and they just put their all into it. Yeah. And um and when you do when you do that, it generally you get rewarded by creating something that's actually um that actually does connect with people because you've put your honesty into it as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So relate. Well, um, it's an an incredibly relatable story, I think, because... And I think this could have influenced Neil's performance in that, um, fortunately, very fortunately, um, uh, Neil's children, you you know, he hasn't been in the situation where he has lost a child, but he can draw on the fact that if he did, what, what would his reaction be? Thankfully, he hasn't had to go through it, but the fact that people can draw on similar sort of thoughts and feelings, and and that's the nature of being an actor—you have to do that. That's why it's such a, an emotionally taxing uh, job sometimes. But we can relate to how we would react to that, and if you get the chance to see the film, you will see a really honest and emotionally um, in-depth take on on that situation. Um, so congrats to 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 everyone involved especially neil and um and christopher as well so yeah well uh if if you're if you are still listening then (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) self-deprecate then uh then you can get in contact 
with us. And um, if you'd listened last week, you'll have found all the details. So, yeah. so go and listen to that. Let's get back to <laughs> yeah. the one time that we actually managed to remember. <laughs> Should we try and do it quickly? Okie dokie. Website. Yes. Uh, www.whitedeerfest.co.uk You can even use it without the www. Well. Um, email is podcast at whitedeerfest.co.uk You can't use that without the podcast bit, so make sure to, yep. to include that. Uh, social media. Instagram. Yep. Twitter. We've got it. Facebook. White Deer Fest. Boom. Easy. Uh, we thought this through to a degree. Um, Twitter's not that active, but it, it gets very active around event time. So if it looks a bit quiet, that's the reason why. Um, Instagram has lots of nice graphics on. And Facebook is where we do a lot of our talking. So enjoy, comment, chat. Um, we want to hear your thoughts and, and feedback and uh insight on what you'd like to see on a filmmaking podcast um yeah send us your thoughts and um and we'll probably chat to you next week if you tune back in we're available on all of the podcast places um, every single one of them i reckon well most of them most yeah. of the big ones anyway yeah. um i think uh if you are listening to us on the website through anchor you fool um nah <laughs> very good. I mean, it's a pretty good yeah, place to listen. The best, probably it's, one of the it best. is probably one of the best mm. uh, because you've got all the text and stuff on there as well that you can read whilst you're listening. Links to their social medias and stuff. Yeah, and stuff like that's that. a good yeah. place. But yeah. um, but also, if you're interested, uh, Spotify as well. Yeah, you can get us on there. Yeah, I think some people don't listen to us on Spotify. Okay, so. I was just reminding people that they, that, could. that they could if they want to. Yeah. But it doesn't make any difference, really. Uh, you do you. And on that bright bombshell, we would like to end. Thank you very much for watching. It's my Jeremy Clarkson time. Um, <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.